You are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Well, good morning. Title of my message this morning is What's Love Got to Do With It? As I was pre- uh, preparing for this series, I read a book uh, which is called The Conspiracy of Kindness. And there was an illustration in it that I thought that I would share with you this morning. And it goes something like this. It says that there was a father and a son, and they were out in their backyard tossing around the baseball. The son was eight years old. And um, the son just, he, the dad could tell that the son had something on his mind. So he says to his son, he says, you know what, Jared, what's, what's going on? You, you look like you have something on your mind. He says, Dad... He says, is there such thing as God? The dad wasn't prepared to answer that question. He looked at his son and he gave him the only answer he knew. He says, you know what, son, I, I really don't know. And then that launched the second question where the son says, well, dad, is there any way that we can tell that there's a God? His dad looked at his boy and he says, you know, son, I, I only went to church a couple times as a kid and I'm not really versed in these things, so I have, I have no idea on how to answer your question. They continued throwing the ball back and forth, and the son all of a sudden got excited, and he said, Dad, I'll be right back, and he runs in the house, and he comes out with a, 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 a helium balloon that they just got from the fair, and they come out with a, a, with a piece of cardstock, and he says, Dad, I got the answer. He says, why don't we write an airmail message to the Lord, saying, God, if you are there, would you send somebody who knows you to tell us about you? And the dad, not wanting to crush the son's enthusiasm, staples it and ties it up to the balloon and lets it go. And the dad ushers up a little prayer. Lord, if you're there, would you answer my son? A couple days later, they're driving around, and as they're driving, they see a sign that says free car wash. And they pull into this free car wash, and these guys come, and they wash the guy's car. And as they wash the guy's car, he, he pulls out his wallet, and he says, okay, uh, well, what are you raising money for? What do, you, what do I owe you? And, and, the, and the guy says, no, we, we don't want your money. It's, uh, we're just doing it for free. And the guy perplexed is like, well, nothing's for free. You know what? Everything's got a string attached. What is the string? Like, why would you wash my car for free? And the guy says to him, he says, you know what, sir? There's no strings attached. He says, we're just showing the love of Christ in a practical way. We're just telling people that God loves them by serving them. And all of a sudden, the dad starts to smile. He says, you know what? My son ushered up this prayer, this weird prayer. And he says, are you a Christian? The guy says, yeah, we're Christians. He goes, are you the type of Christians who believe in God? He says, yeah, we're the, we're the type of Christians that believe in God. He says, the Lord answered our prayer by bringing you here this morning, by bringing us together, by telling us about Jesus. They gave their life to Christ in the car wash. And today, that, that, that guy, the testimony, is going to the church of the man who wrote that book. You know what? When we show the love of Christ in a tangible way, we never ever know what the repercussions is going to be. We never know where that thing is going to spider web. I think so many times we hear pastors talking or we hear messages about evangelism and going out and sharing our faith and immediately fear comes into our hearts. Like, you know what? I don't want to do that because, you know what? I don't want to be the weirdo. I don't want to stand out in the crowd. I don't want to be that guy that everyone's like, oh, here comes the religious fanatic. 
and we start to panic and we start to worry. But yet there's so many ways that we can share the love of Christ in a tangible way that even somebody who is terrified to do so can stand up with faith and do it. And this morning, this is where I want to start. It's through kindness. If we as a church are going to go door to door and tell people about Jesus, there may be some people in this room who would absolutely love to do that. But if we said to this church, you know what, we're going to organize an event of sorts. And we're going to hand out free bottles of water on a hot day during a cold lake festival like Canada Day or Aqua Days. How many more people would sign up because they know that they can hand out a bottle of water? How many more people would say, you know what, I want to be part of that? Demonstrating kindness of God by offering to do some sort of act of humility service with absolutely no strings attached is very, very powerful. Whenever people see love of God in action, a hot button is touched deep inside of them and are convinced that they feel God's presence and see that He's real, even though they usually don't know how to respond. And some people seem to even hear something audible from the Lord when you serve them. You know, it's kind of funny. I think it was last weekend. Um, Ray, uh, one of the guys in our church, he went, around, went, went away on TD to, uh, to, with the military to the States there, and his birthday was down there. And I said to him, I said, well, when you come back, I said, I'll take you out for a movie, and we'll, we'll enjoy your birthday. And he said, okay. He goes, I'm going to go see Iron Man 3. I'm like, all right, let's go. And we, we bought tickets to Iron Man 3, and we went down to Edmonton to see Iron Man 3 in, in the IMAX and have a guy's day. Oh, it's awesome. And as we went down there, we were getting ready to go. I had one of the guys from the church come up to me and said, Oh, Pastor, are you going to that Holy Spirit weekend in Bonneville? I said, Well, I'm going to go there on Friday. Well, what about Saturday? Are you going Saturday? He said, No, I'm not going to make it there Saturday. They said, Well, why not? I said, Well, I have some plans. What are you doing? I'm going to see Iron Man. Oh, that's real spiritual, Pastor. Way to go. But it was amazing. Because we went and saw Iron Man. We had our guy time. And they were getting ready to leave the West Edmonton Mall parking lot. We're up on the second level. And for all you who have been up there before, when you leave the, the ramp to go out towards the street, there's this big yellow bar that says, you know, seven feet, you know, it won't let things over seven feet go down there. And there's a lady ahead of us in a minivan, and she's got one of those big uh, boxes on top of her van that, that carry things in it. Cargo box, eh? And she stopped there, and, and, and I see her get out. She looks, but, you know, she's, she gets out from her drive, trying to look on top of her roof. And, and, and it's like, you know what, you're never going to be able to do that. So I thought, oh, no. And now Ray and I are behind us, and the whole ramp starts to back up all the way up to the top where you can't see it anymore. So I get out, and I, and I walk up to this lady, and I said, uh, can I give you a hand? And she goes, oh, my goodness. She goes, I'm so embarrassed. She goes, I don't know whether this is going to fit or not. I said, I don't think it's going to fit. So she, I said, why don't you try it? I'll guard you. And if you get close, you know, I'll, I'll tell you to stop. So she's watching me, and I'm saying, come on, come on. And she makes it about halfway, but then it goes slopes up. And I'm like, oh, there's no way she's going to make that. So we stop it, and, and I get her to back up. I said, we've got to take it off. And then she's like, oh, this is my husband's vehicle. She says, I don't know how to get the, it, it, it's locked. I don't know how to get the key. I, 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 I don't know where the key is for this thing. And again, it's backed up now all the way up that we can't go backwards. So it's like, okay, well, what are we going to do? So uh, she's looking around for the key, and, and I'm helping her, and all of a sudden she finds the key, and she goes, well, maybe these ones work. And, and I reached up, and I take this thing all apart, and it works, and put in the back of the van, and, and now another guy with tattoos, a big bald guy tattoos, comes down. And you could tell that all the people in the cars were so frustrated. 
But I think with me and the size that I am and this big bald guy with tattoos, nobody was willing to honk. <laughs> so we take this thing off and we help this lady and she goes underneath the bar and then I just say, you know what, just stop there and let's put it back together for you. And again, we're just, whatever, everybody can wait. And we put this back together for her and set her all up. And she's like, you know what, guys, I can't believe that. She goes, thank you so much. And we're able to say, you know what, God bless you. You never know where that's going to spiderweb. Because you know what, in the world today, people are busy. And all of a sudden, it's kind of like, you stupid woman. What will you go down this way for and block the whole traffic and people get so mad that they're honking and, and yeah, that's going to help the situation out. But when you go and serve and say, you know what, don't worry about it. We'll get this done. We'll, we'll figure out a way. And if we had to get three guys out of the cars to sit on the back to bring the van back and she had, would have went under it this way, like whatever it takes to be able to do it, to be able to help out somebody in need. It's amazing. John 13, 35 says, your love for one another will prove to this world that you are my disciples. This verse is often interpreted as a call to unity in the body of Christ. God certainly wants us to love other believers, but Jesus goes beyond those, those narrow boundaries. And he calls the disciples to love one another because the world recognizes us as followers of Jesus when we demonstrate love. Oh, I'm running on reserve battery here. <laughs> hey, uh, Kurt, would you grab that power cord? It's, it's, there's one on my floor in my office. I just forgot to plug it in today. We got nine minutes. We're good. So then how do we show the love of Christ? What sets us apart from the world since we know that the Bible says that we are in the world but not of this world? Love. See, I've noticed that there was a time when someone asked, how are you doing? And have you ever noticed that? Like when I was a kid and that question would go around like it does today, hey, how's it going? How's things going? How are you doing today? Everybody answered good. You know what? You could be feeling absolutely terrible you could just have the bank foreclose on your house and someone say, hey, how are you doing? Hey, I'm good. I am good. I am so good right now. And that was just kind of the answer. But have you noticed over the last little while that that answer has changed? It's no longer I am good. Listen for it. You ask anyone Christian, non-Christian, need a key? You ask anyone Christian, non-Christian to walk in that place and say, hey, how are you doing? What do they say now? I'm busy. How are you doing? Oh, busy. Oh, man, it's so busy. I can't believe how busy I am. This is happening and that is happening. And, and we are busy. We're a busy people. But when the world understands busyness, how much, even as Pastor Hayward was sharing today about, about not only giving financially, but giving of our time. Time has value. And when we stand in that place and say, God, I want to honor you, Lord Jesus, with everything that I have. God, I don't want to hold nothing back. Lord, everything that I have is yours. And God, would you open up doors for me to be able to be a blessing to whoever's around me? It's amazing how God brings you places. See, I remember one time we said to the kids, uh, it, was a, it was a Friday, I was off, we took them out of school, and we said, today we're going to go down to Galaxy Land, we're going to have some fun. And as we started driving, this massive snowstorm came in. 
and we're driving and we're driving and we're driving. I'm just like, ah, oh, I don't know, Cindy, if it's worth it for a, for a day in galaxy land. But I just kind of felt just to keep driving, just to keep driving. And then as we kept driving, all of a sudden I came across this kid from uh, Cold Lake and he was off the road. And he's like, you know what? I've got no, he's got no cell phone. He's got no way to call help. He's like, you know what? I can get a tow truck. He says, uh, I, I said, uh, we'll have to get a tow truck to get you out of here. He goes, yeah, I could do that. I said, do you, got, do you have money for a tow truck? He goes, well, I got, I got $25. I'm like, oh my Lord. Like, so we were able to sit in that place and, and help him. And then we, for, after we were finished, we turned around and went home and said to the kids, you know what? We're going to do Galaxy Land another day. But in saying that, I believe, kids, that the Lord sent us here just to be able to help that one guy who was in a ditch. You never know what God does when all of a sudden we share the love of Christ through kindness. So how do we do that? It's through love. Face it. We are a busy people, running from here and there, but the world understands busyness, and they also understand the value of time. And when we serve someone that we don't know, it's hard for them to wrap their head around it because nothing in life is free. Have you ever went to one of those places where it's kind of like, hey, come and stay at this five-star resort, or we'll give you something like this, and all you've got to do is sit there through a 45-minute uh, timeshare spiel, and then that turns into like an eight-hour session? You know what? Everything has got strings attached to it. And when all of a sudden you serve people in that, in that place with no strings attached, it absolutely blows them away. Free services offers a picture of the grace of God, which is a priceless gift that can never, ever be repaid. Want to know about a priceless gift? Love is the key to the city. Love is the answer. No matter what the question is, love is the answer. Faith, hope, love, and love is the greatest. The number one known scripture in the world, I'm sure, is John 3.16. What does that say? For God so loved the world that he gave we want to be like Jesus. We want to model what Jesus did. It starts out with our attitudes. It starts out with the heart by saying, you know what, Lord, would you help me to love people? Because I wonder in our society, in our age, if we get so tunnel focused that we become like the Good Samaritan, that when someone's bleeding on the side of the road, we just walk on by and don't even notice them there. I believe that God's wanting to take the blinders off our eyes. And I believe God's wanting to show us that there's people hurting right next door to us. I believe God wants to show us that there's people in our backyard who are desperate for Jesus. But yet we have such a stigma about that, a fear about like, you know what, I just can't do it. I can't share the love of Christ. Why not? Because that word of evangelism is scary. So many times it's kind of like, well, you know what, I'm not an evangelist, Pastor. That's not my calling. i got a friend with me here in the front row, John, and his wife, Lazmian, from Indonesia, and he's an evangelist. You know what, John has no problem going up to anybody and saying, hey man, just want to tell you about Jesus. And I've known John for years, and he's always been a weird guy. But he's cool. And that's the call of God in his life. We see, every single one of us are called to love. The dictionary defines evangelism as spreading of the Christian gospel by preaching or personal witness zealous advocacy of a cause. According to professionalcounseling.com, out of the top 10 most common fears in the world, rank number five is the fear of speaking in public. Number nine is socializing with strangers, and number two is the fear of crowds. Isn't it interesting, out of all the fears in the whole world, three of them have to do with people. The Great Commission tells us in Matthew 28, 
Go and make disciples out of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This scripture is not for evangelist people. It's for all of us in this room. But then we have to understand, then what is a disciple? The dictionary describes it as a personal follower of Jesus, but I wonder if it goes deeper than that. In the book, The Forgotten Ways, Alan Hirsch uh, adequately presents the importance of discipleship and its role for healthy Christian living. He refers it to the heart of it all, the bottom line being that Jesus is Lord. I've heard Alan Hirsch say it this way, Jesus is Lord, three words that have a total worldview. Three words that are, are that worldview is an incredible statement, but another way of saying it is like this. Jesus is Lord is the lens that I view my life through. In other words, everything that relates to my life is viewed through the thought process of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We are called to be disciples, not decisions. And when we rejoice and should rejoice with all of heaven when a sinner repents, that decision does not equal in this discipleship. Sadly, many Christians are those who have made decisions for Jesus Christ as Lord, but they have not in integrated the decision about the Lordship of Christ into their life. There's a vast difference between an agreement with this statement about the Lordship and the submission to His Lordship. To agree with His Lordship is to reflect upon His Lordship. Basically, Jeremiah 10.23, it says, I know, Lord, that our lives are not our own. We are not able to plan our own course. See, we can feel guilty about not sharing the love of Christ with friends and family, yet truthfully, our hearts, we want to shout out that Jesus is Lord, so we begin to partake in an inward struggle, battling fear and guilt. Fear enters the pictures, and the root of fear is rejection. Nobody wants to be rejected. Now, I saw this, this documentary, which I found amazing. And what they did is they set up the stage where it was a, a, a service shop where people would take their cars to get fixed, like a repair shop, mechanic shop. And they had the waiting room filled with four actors. And then the victim would drop their car off and they would come into this waiting room. And the guys would be laughing in there and joking and talking. And immediately the person would, would enter into the conversation and they would feel like they're part of the group. They were accepted by the pack. And they felt good and everything was all, all good until happened they brought the manager in who was again an actor and they said you know what he, he, he walks up to this one guy and says listen I found this coupon for 50% off the service that you're getting and I just thought I would give it to you save you a little bit of money well with that the whole crowd turned on him and they just started staring at him and just kind of walking in that place of anger but didn't say anything and that fun little waiting room turned into a place of serious anxiety and the guy all of a sudden walked in that place where it's kind of like, you know what, get me out of here. And, they, and, and, and different people did different things. Everybody did something. Some people were left, they, they left the room because they couldn't be in there. Other people got mad and started swearing at the people that tried to hide behind a newspaper or something. And then other guys started playing with their phone or something to, to not see what's happening and just sort of put themselves in an isolation bubble. We like to fit in. We like to be part of the crowd, yet what happens if we start to talk about Christ and we experience rejection? The other side is guilt. I think so many times we can put guilt on ourselves. You know what? This week, I'm going to share the love of Christ. I'm going to see two people come to Jesus. And all of a sudden, the month goes by. It's like, man, I haven't had one person come to Jesus. What a terrible Christian I am. Other times, pastors from the pulpit pour guilt out. Sorry about that. 
But we walk in that place. You know, I remember Sydney and I went to Hawaii on, on our first vacation together. We went to Hawaii, and Hayward was a, a veteran of, of Hawaii, and we, we called him and said, hey, Hayward, we want to go to church on Sunday. But I didn't bring any clothes to be able to wear on Sunday. What would you recommend? He goes, man, it's Hawaii. Hang loose, brother. He says, you got shorts? I said, I got shorts. He says, you bought one of those uh, Hawaiian shirts? I said, yeah, I got a big bright yellow one with purple flowers. He says, perfect, you're good for church. I'm like, awesome. So I picked up the phone book and I looked for the assemblies of God and I, and I made a phone call and I said, hey, my name is Lance Steves. I'm a youth pastor in Edmonton and I'm here on vacation and I'd love to go to church. I'm just wondering what the closest assemblies of God church is to our hotel. And the guy says, welcome, brother. He says, that's our church. He goes, I said, that's awesome. I said, tell me how to get there and I'll see you on Sunday morning. He goes, Brother, you're a pastor from, from Canada. We want to honor you. We're going to come and pick you up. I'm like, that's awesome. He goes, be down in the lobby at 10 o'clock and we'll see you there. I said, great. Now, I just got off of YC. YC is a big youth convention. It's coming up right away here. 17,000 kids. I'm a youth pastor. And the whole youth group that year, we went with 100 kids to YC with platinum blonde hair. We just bleached our hair. and It was just white, white, white. So I'm this big guy, white hair, yellow shirt, purple flowers, and shorts. And I'm waiting in the lobby, and all of a sudden, this guy comes in with a three-piece suit. And I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, that can't be the guy. That can't, oh, Lord, please don't let that be the guy. And I walked up to him, and I said, um, are you from the church? He says, are you the pastor? <laughs> I said, yeah. And he does this. He looks at me. He goes, come on. <laughs> and I look at Cindy, and I'm like, So I'm following them and I get in this van and, and, and it's just, it's, it's awkward silence. I've been, I've been thrown out of the pack. And as that happened, I, I just kind of broke the ice. I said, so um, yeah, I'm on vacation and I, and I didn't bring any suits with me or anything like that. And I, I hope what I'm wearing is, is okay because maybe it's, he doesn't like blondes. I don't know. And he goes... Our pastor believes that you need to be dressed for God and you're not dressed for God and he's not going to be happy. I'm like, oh no, he's not going to be happy. So we get to the church and we, he takes us to our seat, drops us off at a seat and he goes, I'll be right back. And he walks up to the pastor and you see him talking to the pastor and the pastor and him are having a conversation, can't remember what he's saying and the pastor just all looks and goes, oh. <laughs> so I'm like, oh Cindy, we are out of place. We are not in the right place. And then the pastor gets up at the front and he starts preaching. He goes, you know what? He says, let me ask you as a congregation, how many people understood that Wednesday night is our Bible study and we have prayer here on Wednesday nights? How many people know that? And everybody put up their hands. He goes, if you all know that, if you all know that we have prayer here on Wednesday nights, how come we had six out on Wednesday? He says, you guys, when we're doing things for prayer, you need to show up for God. And he goes, and I tell you what you guys were doing. I know what you're doing. He goes, you're a home washing the idiot box. That's what you're doing. And you should have been out praying. He says, and God is mad at every single one of you in this room. He said, you need to repent before I can go on preaching. You all need to repent right now because God is so upset with us. And the whole church got up except Cindy and I. We didn't know it was prayer on Wednesday. And they all came up and they all prayed and they all went back and he started to preach again. 
And then he did it two more times in the middle of his sermon. He stopped. He says, oh, God is so upset with you guys. And he went in that place. It's just like, Cindy, let's not wait for the ride home. Let's just walk home. I don't know where we are, but we'll find the hotel. And we left. Guilt is not from the Lord. Fear is not from the Lord. Remember, our authority as believers is the Word of God. And the Word of God says in 2 Timothy about fear, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. In Romans it says about guilt, it says, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. So if guilt and fear don't come from the Lord, who do they come from and why do we as believers carry it around? It's not from God. God wants us to be free. Who the Son has set free is free indeed. He wants us to be able to walk and share our faith freely because of who, what he's, the work that He's done in us. Our testimony's got life. My friends, the bars in Cold Lake are so filled with people who are looking for love. The internet sites are soaring because people are lonely, yet we as believers have the answer. And there's simple ways for us to be able to go out and share the answer of Christ that did not cause us to be like, oh my goodness, I can't do this. Yes, you can. Today, I want to briefly show you a ministry style called servant evangelism. It's not the only way to evangelize Christ. But it's a, I think it's an absolutely brilliant way. The same as that testimony that I started off by just serving on people and just showing the love of Christ in a real, genuine way that's kind of like, I understand that. I understand that you don't want anything. There's no strings attached. You're just showing me the love of Christ. Which is basically showing people the love of Christ in a practical way by stepping out, love on pe- uh, by by stepping out, showing love of people, and there's an unlimited possibilities in which this can be accomplished. We made a silly video, and uh, we we're excited to launch that video today. But this whole video is all about servant evangelism. And it's about just saying, you know what, I understand. I always thought that evangelism was something scary but yet it could be something absolutely fun. By sharing the love of Christ, talking with strangers does not have to be a scary thing. In fact, it is something that we can all do by partaking in something that we enjoy, like giving somebody a bottle of water on a hot day. Remember, Mark 9.41 says, if anyone gives you even a cup of water because you belong to the Messiah, I tell you the truth, that person will surely be rewarded shoveling a neighbor's yard or watching somebody's kids mark 12 says the second is equally important love your neighbor as yourself no other commandment is greater these what about feeding the poor offering up a meal just coming alongside and sharing what we have matthew 25 34 says then the king will say to those on his right come you who are blessed by my father take your inheritance for the, kingdom, for the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came and visited me. My friends, this whole thing of servant evangelism, again, is not the only way that we can share the love of Christ. But it is a tool that we have to be able to step out in that place and say, God, Take the blinders off my eyes, Lord. (coughs) Excuse me. Show me, God, where I can come alongside of somebody and make a difference. This community is going to be one 
through love. Not through preaching, not through a great music team, not even through our petting zoo. <laughs> I know. Not, not, now, not now that Jerome the camel passed away. But we walk in that place and say, God, in order to get into our community, we have to be the church. Love on people. Minister to people. And look with our spiritual eyes to say, God, give me an opening in Jesus' name. Amen? You can do it. We can do it. Because we are the church. All right? May the Lord bless you and keep you. Have a fantastic week in Jesus' name. Go out and love somebody this week. Amen? Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.